This is Eric Senich, host of Booked on Rock. Join me for deep dive discussions on the greatest artists, albums, and songs in classic rock with the authors who've written all about them. You look at Joey Ramone. He just looked like a weird dude, but he had this unbelievable voice. He sounded like Elvis. Beggar's Banquet transported me. It scared me. It excited me. John was deeply moved and revolutionized by Yoko. Find Booked on Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or just go to bookedonrock.com. Welcome to the Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast. Welcome. Welcome to Zombocom. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Every time you say you it, I was going to, I think Zombocom. Yeah, I figured I'd, I wouldn't say it this time, but you got it this time. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> um, so this week we're, this is like totally on the fly. Last minute, bringing a guest in, just trying to be silly and have fun. And, and I don't know, just be as bizarre as we tend to be. We have a guest this week, and that is on my screen, the guy below me. <laughs> Maybe he's this way on someone else's screen. <laughs> so uh, we got Rob from Overanalyze Movies. Howdy. <laughs> Welcome to the show, sir. Many thanks for inviting me. Many thanks for, you know, <laughs> deigning to hear him. I'll go on your show. Pick me, Monty. Pick me. <laughs> Now, is that all now, is right, that a, chump? Come on in. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, now, is that a real background? Or, uh, no, or is it is a, not. I do not live in a bar. Okay, I was gonna say, you got a cool basement. <laughs> Can we come over? <laughs> Get the true man oh, cave. Believe me, Jim and I would be hosting from behind it then. <laughs> you know but what, yeah, that, no, no, it's a green screen. And oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, wouldn't that be a cool concept for, for a podcast setup? I think that'd be uh, pretty cool. Absolutely. Even can you imagine like you could almost like pick a, a theme drink and as you enjoy that themed drink, that cocktail, yeah. that that craft beer, whatever the heck it is. What do we have on tap tonight? Well, for the show we've got oh, Jesus, there's a lot of a lot of ideas there, eh? I oh, and you can have even your show logo. Like what I love about your Todd, you've got that box around the mic. I gotta get me one of those. Uh, but oh, can you imagine? Yeah. Except it's the taps, and it has your, oh, <laughs> it has your logo on the tap. That would just, mwah. that's, that's a, this one. That, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's. But that'd be like chef. Uh, that'd be a chef's kiss podcasting there. Oh man, that'd be awesome. I want to do this now. I'm live in a bar. Okay. You'd have, have to so have when, sponsored by Sleemans or somebody. But honestly, why don't we do this? Like, okay, we're, we're the, totally on the fly. When COVID restrictions are okay enough that we can actually go into like the King's Head or someplace like that, record the podcast right there. Like from behind the bar. Even just fine. Like, or even in yeah. a booth would be okay. But I mean, if they'd be okay with it, I don't know. Oh, yeah, you'd have to have some isolation. Out, have behind the bar out. would be awesome. I think that would be the. Just, I think that would just be the, the, yeah, that cherry, you know? Oh man, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Or we could just all have a background like Rob has and just have some background noise of a bar. Oh, 
while you're and doing the podcast. So you can adjust the, the volumes. You have the background like matched enough that it looks like we're all in the same bar, same bar. or contiguous. Yeah. Yeah. Or go to a bar and just take different pictures. This, this yeah, will be yeah, 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 and then, and yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. And then you green screen your desk, you know, like the, the just, that's all I got is budget newer <laughs> green screen. <laughs> Buy two, you spent $40, right? And then you do that over your desk, your background, all of a sudden, we're, <laughs> exactly. All of a sudden we're all behind the same bar. I thought that was the Hulk's condom. Actually, I wasn't really sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before we get underway with the topics at hand that, that have been nagging at me, uh, Rob, why don't you tell us about you and your show? Okay. Uh, yeah. Myself, I'm another Winnipegger. I, Jim and I, uh, Jim Chiboyko and I, we host a weekly show called Jim and Rob Overanalyze Movies. It was part of our COVID coping strategy where we just decide, okay, we can't go see a movie, but we're going to watch movies. We usually, as buddies, just went out to the flick, hung out in a Tim Hortons or in a pub afterwards, just, just chewed that movie to death like a dog with a bone. And we just decided to crank that up and turn it into a podcast. Now it's more than a year later. We have not missed a week yet. Uh, even though Jim's been unavailable, we've developed some guest hosts and that. And yeah, that's kind of what we do. We certainly have, we, we start with the movie, but there is a bit more, let's say, politics as opposed to other review shows. We like to think we go above and beyond the review. So that's kind of a shtick. That's a shtick, man. 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 That from man. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good show. I've actually uh, tuned in a few times. Now, yours is a YouTube show with the occasional uh, just audio only release. <laughs> Incredibly it's, occasional. Yeah. It, <laughs> we're, we're actually getting to the point where we're actually less um, occasional on the YouTube front. We're actually posting... The, the video we, we record video anyway but we weren't posting it before but we started doing that but i, I, I still don't know what channel it's on i, I haven't seen one yet i well. i found it <laughs> i saw one today yeah oh and so i'm like you and your fancy garage garage <laughs> carriage garage garage whatever the hell you're going to that's the east coast thing in us that's how it's pronounced got an east coast or an american thing Garage, oh, garage. Side, where we have a French background, right? Le garage. 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 <laughs> we say garage, not garage. We're not. I, from, I've got a Simpsons background. Is that like garbage and garbage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Garbage. Garbage. What was that? Uh, what was that, that? Sam always okay. talks about Garbage Hill, so I guess it's Garbage Hill. <laughs> well, Perhaps if you're from St. B. <laughs> yeah, there you go, right? Yeah. Exactly. The lighting in this room sucks at night. I just realized how dark it is in here. So Your yeah, lighting. Is... Yours is bright. Mine's dark. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't seem to get the, the focus properly on this thing, but this is my uh, my um, studio, Rob. I, I've started moving a lot of my hard uh, hardcover uh, comic trades in here. 
I was admiring it. Like I was snooping around your YouTube channel today and I was admiring it. It was like, oh, that's very, like very pop YouTube pop culture. Well, that's, you know, like that, your background, it, uh, uh, I was kind of going for it, but this, yeah, this you're, isn't you're, a bag. This is the real room here. For sure. No, no, no. But like, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the faker. <laughs> most, most of the cool, the cool YouTubers, the cool kids in my, what I would call my, uh, my Gemini's film, YouTube pop culture beat, you know, most of our peers and those above us kind of go your route and it's all real because that it is you're showing off your your cred well, you yeah. know it's your wall of credibility it's the hey i really do like this stuff look i've turned it into an architectural feature it's you know? true when we had uh we had um uh, chadwick ginther on the show he's a local author yeah uh, not sure if you're familiar but he's he, he's an amazing writer and he had the same unit behind him that, that I do, but it was filled with gaming books. Just, oh, they're just salivating over it. It was just awesome. Uh, like, are we talking like the Monster Manual and oh, yeah, but like, the Advanced D&D Player's Guide, that kind of, yeah, he, but more? Oh, but more, yeah. It, like, his entire unit is just gaming. That's that's what's in there. It, it was crazy. And he, he does crowdfunding stuff. Or, like, every time someone's making a game and they're mm-hmm. doing... Um, raising money to put the game out. He yeah. throws money their way and yeah, he's a hardcore gamer. Yeah. I have a buddy of mine's like that where you know, it's sometimes it's three years later, you've forgotten, you've financed that cart, that, you know, yeah. magic gathering like card game or whatever. Yep. All of a sudden you get something in the middle. Oh, oh, cool. I did finance this. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Mind you, that's much like garage, kind of a fancy word for Kickstarter backing. I finance. I'm a financier. Financing. Financing. I'm a Kickstarter. Starter. Would that be back home, eh? Yeah. Starter. Starter. I get the starter on my car. Anyway, um, so. Your sneakers and you can't pop. Yeah, that's right. I remember when we moved here. And I was in school and I had to go to gym class or whatever. I, I moved here for grade 11 and I came from a French school. So I come here and then, uh, wow. yeah. So it was like, I had to do the, uh, I had to write a test to prove I could speak English. Obviously I, I have a very heavy French accent as you can tell. And I, you know, <laughs> my, my English is very poor, but, um, when we first I, moved here though. Well, when we, we first moved here. We, it was we had the accent. Yeah, people couldn't understand us. It was interesting. But anyway, I went to I went I was going to gym class and I grabbed. But but let's was, be clear, not because of your inability to speak the language, but because of the accent. Oh, the brought. accent was horrible. <laughs> yeah, we okay. break out the accent every once in a while, and sometimes it comes out when I'm drunk. So, <laughs> but I, I I grabbed my 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 shoes to go into class. And I said, I'm grabbing my sneakers. And they're like, you're what? And I'm like, my sneakers, you mean your runners? And then the joke was always, where am I running to? And they're like, <laughs> where are you sneaking to? And I'm like, good point. <laughs> Peter Pan getaway boots. Yeah. And getaway. <laughs> this is my Peter Pan getaway boots. No more sneakers, no more runners. Oh my, Peter Pan oh my goodness, we're all of the same vintage. I, I remember all the these references. All the terms. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're in that same age bracket. I, I'm yeah. Sure. 
we don't, we don't need to zero right in on it. Let's no. let's all just let everyone <laughs> let's just, speculate. Let's just say we're in our thirties and we'll leave it at that. Yeah, Sean sure. doesn't have any hair to show that it's gray. So. <laughs> yeah, so wow. I get away. I can cheat. There's a. <laughs> I like the big high key. So I, but at the same time, the the reflection might be a little too much for you boys. So. Well, yeah, uh, I know. Like you wear can the tell. cap. <laughs> so, so something we all have to manage. <laughs> so the topic, the topic at hand, the, there's a few, and there's, and and one of the reasons when you when you you threw your hand up, say, hey, I'll be on the show was because you had commented on one of the topics but the first topic I want to I want to go to first cuz it just pissed me right off and uh, I've been listening to uh I started listening to something called the Shout It Out Loudcast which is a kind of a Kiss podcast and they comment about every time Gene and Paul from Kiss put their feet in their mouth and they never put a foot in their mouth they always put their feet <laughs> and usually someone else's foot in there to make it even worse is usually what happens and I'm going to do it, do it right. <laughs> exactly. So lately, we are uh, talking about kiss. We are talking about kiss. <laughs> the band kiss. they commit. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they do commit. And to be honest, uh, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, neither one of them are good people in, in terms of the, the comments that they drop on, on their Twitter. It is pretentious, whatever. So anyway, so the, I wanted I wanted to get Todd's reaction because I don't know how much Todd knows about it or how much you know, Rob, but I wanted to read what the statement that was made and then get yeah. your reaction on the statement that was made. And then I want to go back to, I want to go to the rebuttal that was made about the, the original statement. So you guys, you guys ready for this? I just yeah. found the headline. Um, let's see if I can grab it here. Oh, hang on. This is a ad heavy web page. And I said, no, I don't want to see the ads. And now, <laughs> now you're being punished. Now it doesn't it. know what to do. <laughs> well, that's like when you say unsubscribe, basically you said, oh, you want to subscribe? <laughs> Try and get out of it now. <laughs> oh. uh, let's see. Uh... Okay, here we go. So here's a statement. So I, I don't remember where he was interviewed. It doesn't really matter, but. Um, Gene Simmons was asked about because David Lee Roth opened for Kiss uh, for their end of the world tour like he, he did a whole bunch of dates and then COVID happened and they, they stopped performing and now that they're back on the road it's like oh okay well is David Lee Roth going to be opening for Kiss and the answer was no and this is what he had to say wait wait before you say I want to are you saying he opened for them like we're talking only a couple of years ago correct because Van Halen. Okay. Yeah. No, no. I, I got the impression though. Like it was like 15, 10, 15 uh, years uh, ago. Oh my. Okay. Sorry. So the thing to remember was at the time David Lee Roth had started touring again. He was, he had rejoined Van Halen, right? Um, they had a big reunion tour. Eddie Van Halen's son was playing bass in the band. So it was a big family. Like, the, the son Wolfgang set everything up. He called David Lee Roth's manager and said, look, let's do a reunion tour. People want to see it. He brokered the peace between the band and the band got back together with David Lee Roth and went on a tour, incredibly successful tour. And then there was talk about a new tour and it just never happened. So David Lee Roth was not allowed to go out on his own and do a solo thing until he was released from the obligation to do that. And when he was, people started speculating on Eddie Van Halen's health. 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So during this hiatus, he was, and before Eddie passed, he opened for Kiss. Kiss said, hey, let's bring you on. You can play the Van Halen songs. It's a perfect, it, you know, it's a perfect match, perfect merge. And then COVID shut the tour down. So asked if Roth is coming back, he says, it bears noting that during Dave's heyday, nobody did what he did. He was the ultimate front man, not Robert Plant, not Robert Stewart, nobody. He took being a front man way beyond anything. And then I don't know what uh, happened to him. What? What? Well, first off, you started off with a sentence. How did it start off? It bears noting that during Dave's heyday, nobody during did. his heyday. So in the past. So basically, he's already saying, but before oh, yeah. he even, yeah, built before into even gets into it, started with, built yeah. into the beginning. Yeah, he started with a but. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's the I don't mean to listen. I love X, yeah. which is almost like the side. Oh, now you're about to start to run down X. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> same, same deal. And here, and here's the okay, one. let's hear him run him down now. <laughs> he, he took being a front man way beyond anything. And then I don't know what happened to him. Something. And you get modern day Dave. I prefer to remember Elvis Presley in his prime, sneering lips, back in Memphis, you know, doing all that. I don't want to think of bloated naked Elvis on the bathroom floor. And that was the statement. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> so, Okay. Well, you know what? Let's get Todd's reaction. I want to get Todd. Todd's the big Van Halen fan. I'm okay. the biggest fan. So I want to I want to get Todd's reaction. Then I want to get sorry, get sorry, the man on the street reaction. Okay. I, I want to say that we're no better. Uh, because you and I went to go see Van Halen. Mm. And we both agreed that he is well past his prime. He didn't oh, yeah. know half the words. Uh I mean, he was playing shuffleboard out there. They they had that great big uh piece of what was it? Hardwood floor that they, they installed on the stage. Yeah, they spent like half an hour putting a hardwood floor down on the stage and, and then, then dusting it with the, dusting the, it. Yeah. Yeah. With that stuff they, when they're doing the shuffleboard Talcum. and then he would then, yeah, tell whatever he was just shuffling the whole time. Every once in a while he'd do a high kick and I'm thinking, Oh my God, if he loses, because there's no grip, right? Because now this talcum powder or whatever is on there, you know, he can't really stabilize himself. I thought for sure he was going to land on his ass, <laughs> but his singing, I mean, I get what I get what Gene is saying. I mean, he's he's being brutally honest, but he could have done it maybe a little more, you know, especially with his ranking. Like, like us is like, who cares what we what we think? Yeah. But for him, I mean, he's got to try and set, you know, kind of an example. Uh, but he he has lost his voice. He doesn't know the words anymore. I mean, he's when he was singing, like, what what is going on? And I've seen him. What perform. song is this? If we didn't recognize the guitar, we wouldn't know what song he was singing. Yeah, I mean, he he does that that Cheshire cat smile, <laughs> like really loud. If you could smile really loud, that's him. And he'd be walking around, <laughs> you know. But yeah. the words, I don't know. It's it's. But the way he handled it, you know, it, it could have been better. But but I understand uh, where he's coming from with the statement. But yeah, to, to, to say that, especially for someone who would open for him, I mean, you think you'd have a little more couth, but that's Gene. Okay, Rob, your turn. <laughs> I, I, acknowledging everything you said, Todd, you're 100% right. I'm still the, I, I'm, I, I stand by my earlier statement. 
what an asshole. Um, <laughs> now, now that said, I don't, I have no skin in this game in a way. Like I, I'm, I remember like, especially as a kid, you know, kiss it, it's funny kiss. So I'm 12, 13, 1979, 1980 kiss is a big deal. Like it, I remember me and a buddy, looking at the album covers and going, wow, that's crazy. Like just, just crazy, right? Moving into the eighties when Van Halen, especially the David Lee Roth, Van Halen was, it seemed to be the, the first half of the eighties was kind of the Van Halen, David Lee Roth era. And then he went out on his own. And, you know, so it's all bound up in all my memories of much music, MTV. Heck, do you guys remember Friday night videos or am I really oh, dating are you myself? Kidding? No, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. Was yeah. Great. You know, it's good rocking tonight with Terry David Mulligan. Oh, <laughs> my God. I never <laughs> missed that show. I, I may have some VHS tapes here somewhere with of some that, of the yeah. old footage. So, Terry so David's I, a god in my, in my book. <laughs> he. Yeah, so I think he's bound up in all that. That said, since then, and even then, I can't say it was like I was a super fan of, they were just part of the soundtrack of my teen teen and early 20s life, right? Advance a number of years later, I'm a very minor functionary at City Hall, and all of a sudden, the city of Winnipeg decides to give this jerk... (laughs) the key to the city of course people react other people i remember people around the office go oh what's the problem it's like are you kidding me like (laughs) okay whatever because he's now like and and i look at even now like to be that pompous that you know crapping on let's say a peer and a colleague not that he's the first pop rock star to be a jerk but still, like, Kuth uh, is, uh, I think you're being far too kind. Like, just, geez, man, no one asked you for a statement. No one, you could have easily, there's a million ways, you know, including just for once, just lie. Yeah. Not about how many women you've slept with, but just lie and say, oh, we'd love to have, to, you know what? We've been talking to these people. It's hard to kind of arrange, you know, how complicated these things are. Yeah. There's a million ways you could have gotten out of that conversation. He said what he wanted to say, because then he, and, and he does, and then he gets to apologize, but all of a sudden the attention, who the was talking about Kiss and David Lee Roth. Like, who knows? Maybe they both cooked it up. You know, it's like, here, you shit on me. I get to shit back. We'll, the news will be about us for a while. Wow. That, that, <laughs> Sorry. That's good. That said, I didn't know Mr. Roth was that out of it. And and I do think there is, though, guys, a difference between you crapping on Roth and him crapping on Roth. The You guys are paying customers. You paid for that. You didn't pay for a geriatric to slip and slide across the stage and not sing the songs, at least in at some level. I remember seeing Rod Stewart back in, or the, he was here in Winnipeg, I want to say 2010-ish. Uh, that sounds about right. He's been here a number of times. Yeah, saw him, and there was a guy who was like, he was an entertainer. It was a great show. No, his voice isn't what it used to be, because forever many kids he has he's in his 60s or 70s whatever but he was 
engaged with the audience. He was giving it his all. It was a great show. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, did, I know I, I, I'm almost like speaking out of both sides of my mouth here, but there's my opinion. So uh, there you go. There's my, there's the man on the streets. Hot no, I like that. Oh, that's good. Okay. So immediately after that got tweeted, excuse me, immediately after that got tweeted, I'm going to sh- do a screenshot of what Dave Lee Roth sent back. And he sent, I, I heard what was sent back, but I didn't see it. Okay. Yeah, let's... So basically give us the visuals. Uh, I'll give you just a, a quick preamble is he responded on, on Gene Simmons, Twitter with this picture. And then he also went on the Instagram and posted it something like, I don't, I could be wrong with the number, but like 36 times he posted this picture on Gene's Instagram. <laughs> Getting the message. <laughs> Not seeing anything. Oh, no, hang on, hang on. I just, I, I, I wanted to. I've been uh, denied. <laughs> uh, here we go. Share. Do you see it right here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what he put. And on it, it says Roth to Simmons. <laughs> I like the other ones you but have it, there. These <laughs> are the boxing, this, one here, yeah. this one's good. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> That's entertaining. Well, but here's the, did you, do you mean like you really just kept posting it multiple times? Apparently, yeah. Now I'm starting to think maybe you do want to remember him before he was like, oh, I got to send that Twitter thing again. <laughs> Grandpa, you're it's like, whoa, no, <laughs> you've done it. Oh my God, you've done it like 20 times. What yeah. are you doing? You're looking like a, no, he's you're looking like a doddering old fool. <laughs> he's savvy when it comes to that stuff. He's actually, uh, he's actually incredibly oh. intelligent. Uh, David Lee Roth is like genius level intelligent. Just, he just doesn't play. He doesn't play that card to people. That's not what he shows. Mm-hmm. So that was Roth's reply, but this get, it gets better. So okay. immediately, I think it was like the next day, Paul Stanley posted on his Twitter and, and, and posted this. Speaking of David Lee Roth, I remember <laughs> seeing him in the 70s with Van Halen at, at MSG and thinking to myself, there's a new sheriff in town. Just amazing what he has evolved into in a few short years. On stage, he's still Diamond Dave. That was Paul Stanley's statement. Wow. Really? Yep. Todd, what's your what, what, what do you think of that? Yeah, what well, do you didn't that? get the take here. Wow, he didn't stand behind Gene. This was after Gene's post. <laughs> it, it, like almost it might have been the same day or it might have been the next day, but it was very, very soon after. How many wives does Paul Stanley have to pay for? Oh, just one ex-wife. Was oh, it just one? Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I mean he doesn't want to lose any more business because he's still gonna pay her, right? So I guess he Probably. doesn't really want the bad publicity. <laughs> yeah, maybe he saw the bus that just the 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 pop, uh, the Twitter bus that ran over Gene and went. Yeah, I'm going to get out of this lane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, there's no good way to get out of this. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> what do you do? You think so? Now I, I'm heavily I, I heavily follow Kiss and Kiss News and that sort of stuff. So they've they butt heads publicly quite a few times. And there's actually an interview um, that's that's posted on YouTube where they're doing an interview and Gene Simmons tells Paul to shut up in the interview. No one wants to hear your bullshit, blah, 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 or whatever. So they don't do that publicly very often because they're trying to maintain the 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 aura of, oh, they're the two kiss 
founders, you know, like that image that they're brothers, that they're like brothers and all this stuff. But it's very clear, especially in the last 20 years, that Paul Stanley is steering the boat and he's in charge. And Gene, you better do what I tell you to do. Like, I, oh. It's very clear that that's, that's what's going on. So it, this is, to me, this looks like Paul going, oh, you said that, huh? Okay, well, I'm going to show the world what an asshole you are. And I'm, and because the opening statement was speaking of David Lee Ross. So what are you referring to? Are you referring to what Gene just said? Because you're basically, that's exactly what you're saying. So you were. No, no. He like, woke up that morning, went, you know, I thought I heard David Lee Roth mentioned. I should pontificate. <laughs> I should share my unasked for apropos of nothing opinion just to share yeah yeah so has there been any comment from ace or chris no they're probably this is probably what ace really said oh look at those guys you don't like assholes you're making fun of us and then uh yeah i don't know yeah there's gene no, for you no they, they basically gene and paul have made statements in the press about ace and peter a number of times and usually the only reaction you get from those guys are yeah gene sims is, is an asshole or paul stanley's so full of himself he you know he doesn't even know what's happening in the world you know so it's interesting that they're silent but there's more to this story there is more to this story. <laughs> but wait there's more <laughs> it just gets better by now we'll throw in the ginzu knives <laughs> just pay for shipping and handling uh, I gotta find it here. Uh, I'm gonna get another album, and all I need to spend is a dollar. <laughs> yeah, if I can get the the short for ten albums. <laughs> okay, I'm but gonna wait, play, I'll play this, album. and hopefully this is. Uh, I'll edit out whatever is not right here. Hurt people's feelings, and every once in a while, diarrhea of the mouth comes out. I am so sorry and ashamed, actually that I hurt David's feelings. I'm the guy actually that saw them in a club, signed them to my production company, Man of a Thousand Faces, flew them to New York, produced their first 24 track, 15 song demo and, you know, championed the band. And actually we took David out as our opening act on the tour. And in the course of an interview, you hear me talking, I just sort of stream of consciousness. I don't mean to hurt people's feelings. And every once in a while, diarrhea of the mouth comes out. Uh, I read that quote, and somehow the way they put it together, I think I said something like, nobody touched David in his prime. Not Robert Plant, not Jagger, anybody. He was the king. And then somehow there was a segue to... You know, Elvis bloated on the ground and, you know, fat, naked, and I don't want to see that. I wasn't talking about David, but that doesn't matter. What matters is I hurt David's uh, feelings, and that's more important than the intent. So I sincerely apologize for that. I didn't mean to hurt his feelings. It reminds me of the guy that gets out of a truck and says, hey, I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't mean to run you over. Well, what the fuck's the difference? You've been run over. So, do you think possibly, and, and pure speculation on my part, that his upset may have been because of how highly he regards you and values your, you know, like you said, you were 
you record you signed up all those demos you, you were the driving force behind it before he was a rock star before he was who he is but you found that you think that because of how admired and respected you are that i don't that, that could nah i don't think anybody gives two shits about what i think and uh that's the way it should be treat everybody sort of on an equal plane shit on them equally <laughs> yeah yeah. there's like six minutes i'm not gonna play the whole thing but that was that was his response to it so basically he's saying he heard his pause for effect feelings <laughs> did you notice that he's like looking for the word uh yeah because i don't have any of those i i, I know yeah he's those gonna things find them. these peasants keep <laughs> whining about <laughs> What do, you, what do you think, Todd? Let's let, let's. Uh, he's, uh, I mean, just by the the tone of the way he says it, you can tell by it's like, you know what? I discovered them, and you know, and it's yeah. I said some <laughs> stuff like, and I hurt his his feelings. So it's like, you know what? I hurt the guy's feelings. I apologize. That that's not you know what I meant. Although it was what he meant, because I mean he was comparing him to Elvis. He wasn't talking about him, but he was comparing him to Elvis. And he didn't want to see him the way that, you know, he didn't want to see Elvis at, at his lowest point, which was basic in comparing Dave. So whether he says he wasn't talking about Dave, you know, damn well, he was comparing him to him. So, I mean, he's, he's like you said, he's, he's just a jerk. <laughs> Rob, <laughs> just... I, yeah, I, I agree with Todd. I, what I am impressed with here is gene's ability to like he like he was waylaid i'm surprised he didn't say well that was just you know those gotcha journalists you know like that kind of bs uh oh what's the word i'm looking for here i you know i, I think you know what i mean yeah but the yeah, I, I, it's like, oh, you knew exactly what you're saying, buddy. You're not new to the media game. It's not like you've never no. been interviewed before. I was waylaid yeah. by this. And <laughs> <laughs> although, mind you, it does sound like the interviewer was, well, you're held in such high esteem by the, by all in the industry. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what? Gene, Gene Simmons? <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I suspect he is held even though many probably everyone thinks he's a jerk, you can't argue with success. True. You know, so I'm sure he, he gets, he, he might get a lot of grudging respect anyway, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I I'm with Todd. Just come on. You're being a jerk. That's exactly who you, what you meant. So the question I have, do you think Gene Simmons was set up to apologize by Paul Stanley? Do, do you think he did it on his own or do you think he got shit by the guy who pretty much runs the band? Well, he got shit, obviously, uh, whether it was from the band or his wife or. Oh, oh, his just, wife, I didn't just his, that. his colleagues, somebody. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have been Paul, but if they've got that type of relationship and they can kind of tell each other anything and be brutally honest with each other, then it could have been Paul or Paul may have changed his mind. He could have got comments from other people and eh, whatever. 
or as publicist? Rob? You know what? Before I answer that, explain to me the uninitiated, uninitiated in the KISS kind of lore. Sure. How is Paul, like, so Paul is the guy who really now, like, owns the book or like how is is gene just a very loud a loud front man and it's really paul that kind of runs like i I don't understand those relationships so so um let's see gene lose all his money in multiple divorces and bad real estate investments and so paul is now like well you're my employee no, okay. it's it's more along the lines of there was many times throughout Kiss's career where Gene got distracted. So he had an acting career where he didn't pull his weight in the band. Um, he had a producer career where he lost interest in the band. He also had, uh, he was on a, a production company thing where he was, uh, he was trying to finance things. And I don't know if there was real estate or whatever, but he was always, it was always business dealings that he, you know, other aspects and the whole time Paul is steering the ship. Gotcha. Can't afford a producer. So I'm going to produce our next album. Um, Gene didn't write enough songs. So I guess I'll write a couple more songs to fill out the album. Um, Gene, I need more songs. Like we don't have enough Gene songs on the album. And then Gene would turn in shit. Like just really bad songs to, to, to the band. So there was a, a period where Gene's uh, output within the band was really low and he got shit from Paul and it's kind of publicly documented about that. And it was kind of determined at that point where Paul was producing the records, setting up the recording, setting up the studios, setting up the tours, writing, you know, 60 to 70% of the songs. And I think Gene's like, you're right. You, I, I'll, I'll do what you say. Like, I think it was more along the lines of, Paul is committed to the band and Gene is committed sometimes. So I, I think there's that, that's the dichotomy that you see. And when Paul speaks up originally, he didn't speak up as much, but now he does all the time. Yeah. That's, He's a merchandise module. Yes. The merchandise guy. Cause it, he takes Gene's got everything. He takes credit for it. Oh, okay. Not necessarily the guy. Like the figurines and caskets and whatever else that the, All the other stuff that they're opportunities. Yeah. License everything. Gotcha. Lunch boxes and like Gene Gene has a new Bitcoin that's out that he's promoting. Mm-hmm. So he again he's getting distracted again. <laughs> what is he, Rudy Giuliani? Start but, but supplements the Bitcoins, and... <laughs> I don't think they're KISS related. I think they're Gene Simmons related. Now he's talking mm-hmm. about his his record label or some shit. Now he's selling artwork and it's okay. like but he's doing his stuff on the side again. That's distracting him from, you know, the big picture. So maybe there is one of those conversations at some time we just haven't heard about yet, where the guy with. So it sounds like uh, Senor Stanley. He's yeah. the one with all the relationships. He holds all the cards. And he could have literally said, you know, uh, other bands have replaced their front men and survived. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna? You know, work with me, and, or are you gonna? And honestly, Paul Stanley is <laughs> yeah. the front man for that band. They both, they both do vocals, and in mm-hmm. the, the lineups for the concerts, I, I, I could be wrong in the math here, but it's like a 60-40 split. Paul Stanley singing. It might even be yeah. a higher percentage than that. Gotcha. So, I, 
Gene's just I, there for the image. He's there spitting blood, shooting fire. He's the image, but Paul's the songs. That's kind of how gotcha. it goes. Well, when you hear a song, it's Paul's voice. So yeah, it, it's it's very, you know, right away who it is. Yeah, it's very distinctive. It, Although it, Gene it, wrote rock and roll all night, like their biggest hit of all time. That Gene wrote that, and I'm sure that just sticks in Paul's craw. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote guess... I was made for loving you, the disco hit. <laughs> <laughs> so so all this stuff kind of just just it really it really got my goat because it's like so the other thing that's been happening in the kiss camp which Rob, you probably know nothing about. And Todd, you might have heard something, but apparently, and this is, hasn't been proven, although there's lots of video on YouTube to kind of prove it, is that Paul's voice in the last like five, six years has started to go downhill very, very quickly. Now, Paul, Stan heard that. Paul Stanley is known for his voice. That, that yeah. guy can, that motherfucker can sing. Like he, he's yeah. amazing. He's very, very good. Like, um, like, but nothing it, lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever. So his voice has been declining. So, you know, sometimes they'll, I don't know if they play like in a different key or like they're just trying to accommodate. And that's usually what happens with an older singer. Like they, they might tune, uh, take yeah. a step down on the tuning and stuff. But I don't think they really did that. Paul's like, no, I can still sound great. And then you hear him and he's like choking on that vocal. <laughs> and he's got a lot of songs that have these. Uh, like Heaven's on Fire, he's got that. Todd, you remember that song, I think. Or I don't yep. know, Rob, you know that one or not. But he's got a he's got a vocal exercise he does it in the beginning to start the song off. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do it because I can't. So it's almost like a yodel. Yeah, it's a yodel, <laughs> but it's 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 a vocal exercise, yodeling vocal exercise to warm your vocal cords up that they record and kept in the song. It's hard really? to do. What, yeah. What's the tune called? Uh, Heaven's it's like on a fire. It's like a falsetto type thing. All right. Well, I'll, I want to bring. I'm going to bring it up on a like a sub mix just to to have. I want to see what because you know what it's one of those things where, you know, after a while you're like you know more songs than you know because they just become part of your auditory history. Mm -hmm. So, Angel on Fire. No, I just I, I have it right here. So I'll just play and I'll just edit this part out because we don't want to get pulled off of YouTube here. You ready? You bet. actually, you know what? I'm going to share the screen. We're going to watch the video. Heaven's on fire. Sorry. Do you have a clip of him doing it now <laughs> to see what the difference is? Uh, I might be able to find one. Okay. That's enough of that song. That's uh, probably my least. I got two, three least favorite Kiss songs, and that's one of the three. But you know what? I vaguely remember it. So that, like, that do you know what I mean? Like it just becomes, yeah. you know, part of your. You know, if you again, if you had much music. Oh yeah, this would have been. You know? Yeah, the guy, the guy who wrote this song with Paul Stanley was the guy that also wrote "I Was Made for Loving You," also wrote uh, "You Give Love a Bad Name," also wrote uh, uh, "If I Could Turn Back Time for Share," also wrote uh, "Living La Vida." Oh. So he's got his own island repertoire. back when residuals meant something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think the guys were like, he's still getting checks. Yeah, so. Uh, anyway, so that vocal histrionic thing in the beginning, that's you can't, he tries to do it now. And it's so do you think that is the reason why he did this, David Lee Roth? Because they would say, uh, look in the mirror, buddy. <laughs> there you go. 
I was just trying to minimize the screen. Um, so his, yeah, his, uh, his, okay. Now I have to find the bad vocals now <laughs> because you brought it up, Todd. It's all your talk. It's all your fault, Todd. Uh, it came up right away. Bad vocals. So, Hey, Sean Geek here at this point, we played a live performance of kiss playing, uh, at a venue, I believe in Barcelona. And we watched a good chunk of the performance where Paul was really struggling no power behind his voice, um, completely off key. It just sounded like he completely blew his voice out. And it was just incredibly painful to watch. We kind of watched most of it and commentaried through all of it. But uh, here's our reactions post-video of what we had to say about his performance. Wow. Wow. It sounds like he lost his voice. So he can't even get, he doesn't have the air. Like it's yeah. not coming out. So then you notice he's kind of whispering in parts because like, We'll get together, baby. Like he's like, I can't get enough power. He does. And he's always power. known for his power, right? How old are these guys? Seventy or something. Yeah. yeah. How old is that clip? Some breath. This clip Jeez. is from 2018 in Barcelona. <laughs> wow. No, I think he blew his voice out. But he, he's been like this for the last like seven years, or so. Oh, really? Yeah. So. This the reason. So the reason I brought this up is because Gene Simmons talking about David Lee Roth being Fat Elvis, and David Lee Roth is not Fat Elvis, by the way. That guy is more fit than any twenty-year-old I know. Like he is just he's he's diamond. His muscles are diamond hard. Like he's got abs. He's got shoulder. Like he keeps in shape. He he's like probably the fittest. He's a being. Fit geriatric. Yeah, like he's you know, a great shape. Fit, fit old man. So don't fit. like don't talk about like fat Elvis. Like talk about it's a horrible analogy because I think Elvis could sing. He just looked like he was dying, you know. Well, and, and to refer to his rather well, not rather his ignominious end mm. and compare like I mean you, you imagine being compared like that was. That was just one shitty way to end your life, and then have one of your one of your colleagues go, "Well, you know, he makes me. You remind me of fat old Elvis naked on a bathroom floor." It's like, can you can you imagine? Yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah your prime. Saw Look one. at you now. What he was thinking? Yeah, it's like. I, so I, I say guess. this as a well-fed man myself. My <laughs> COVID. The part that COVID nineteen, yeah, the COVID fifteen, they call it, maybe the COVID twenty. I don't know. Sure, uh, maybe move a little higher. <laughs> but the thing, I guess, the thing that bugs me the most is that Paul Stanley's been struggling for at least the last six, seven years, probably longer. And if you want to talk about someone who's past their prime, just look stage uh, left, stage left <laughs> from you, where Paul Stanley's standing. And like, you know, you could talk about that. But so I think maybe in, in my theory here is that when he talked about how over the hill David Lee Roth is, he's really Paul's like, look, people are talking about me and people are going to think that you're making a comment maybe about me or something or, or something along those lines, because everyone's talking about how shitty Paul sounds right now. Like, that's all people talk about. So 
and the other thing, there, there's more clips. I'm not going to show them, but there's also clips of like after these incidents, all of a sudden his vocals improved, but his lips weren't matching the song. Ah, backing tracks were used. Mm. And there's many clips of that. There's parts You're not where- seeing that goes on and rock and roll are you but the, the best part is paul's always denied it but there's there's points like his mic like he's stage right his microphone is in the middle of the stage and he's singing but he's nowhere near a microphone like it's felt really it out as loud quiet. as he possible yeah and then he's running to get back and then because it's pre-recorded sometimes the vocals aren't matching the drums and the drummer's trying to play along to the backing track and he's off and Paul has turned to the drummer and yelled at him while on stage. You know, well, he's still singing and yelling at the same time. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so maybe Gene's but what the psychologist would say, projecting. Mm-hmm. He was projecting. Yeah. So yeah, onto, uh, we're trying to do a Dave. bank shot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. A bank shot. That's exactly okay. Gene Simmons is bank shot. And then he gets shit on from Paul Stanley going, I saw that shot. I saw what you were intending to do. Gave him shit and said, you're going to go embarrass your ass. You're going to go apologize. Well, and also maybe even David Lee Roth is like, you're talking about me and my over the hillness. Yes. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Well, there's two, those are two giant egos. Okay. So Dave has got a huge ego and so does Gene. So you've got two Goliaths up there. And I don't know if Dave took the high road by just, just give it in the finger yeah. uh, without, you know, 36 times on Instagram. 36 times. Now, <laughs> has, Dave been, has Dave been interviewed? No, not regarding no, this. No, I just went and to Van Halen. I just went to the Van Halen news desk just to be sure. Cause yeah. he, all, all these stories are on the Van Halen news desk, of course. Right. Uh, oh, and it, no, it was Eric Senate. They would have called his publicist. And if he's not been interviewed, it's because he doesn't want to be. It's like, nope, I'm going to let my yeah. my social media do my talking. <laughs> yeah. How can we remain relevant? Well, let's see. <laughs> we'll you know just be the topic of discussion. Any, what any, what is it? Uh, oh. Is good uh, publicity. Any publicity. Any publicity is good publicity. Well, that was, you know, I got to admit, that was part of earlier in the conversation. It's like, is it just? Because it just does generate drama. It's memorable. They're all being talked about now. Like, because honestly, otherwise, I, you, you had mentioned it when we we're talking about, you know, me, you know, coming on the show. And I'm like, kiss. Oh, okay. Tick, tick, tick. Oh, my goodness. There is some new story here. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, and I won't forget this. Like, this, this puts kiss briefly on my radar again. I, which I've now pulled up. I've played a couple of the tunes like on my <laughs> on my sub mix, you know. I got a yeah. mixer, I can do more than one thing. And they got a tour coming up. Barely. What better way to advertise <laughs> that you're going on tour again. Ding again. ding ding. I mean, we went oh. on the which farewell tour did we see? We saw the one in 97. Or no, not yeah. 97. Sorry. It was 97 was the year of the flood. It was the year I got married. And it was the year of Kiss because when we went to the Kiss show, there was, even though it was sold out, there was a lot of seats empty because people were were running away from the flood. 
Oh, right. really? Oh, so it was yeah. happening. It was happening as right. the floodwaters, yeah. as the crest. So that was not... that was yeah, and that was the reunion tour. And then after that, they did the Psycho Circus tour, which is they actually did an album together with the reunited makeup lineup. And then they did a farewell tour after that. So like within like a five year span of ninety seven, but they've been but they're on a farewell tour still now. Like I. <laughs> And that was they're all on a farewell tour, aren't like they? Like 2001, 2002, or something like that. Well, it was like the Stones, they, did, they had the steel wheelchair. Was it steel wheelchair? Steel wheelchair. No, what was it called? <laughs> steel wheels, steel, steel wheels, steel wheels, <laughs> steel wheels tour, whatever you call it, wheelchair tour. But, um, I think I that's mean, a better name. Now, I know that Kiss has had a lot of different people in the lineup where the Stones have always been the same lineup. Uh, not quite. No. Charlie Watts was not their original drummer. Oh, really? Uh, Ron Wood was not their original. Ron Wood's uh, uh, guitar. He was not the original guitar player. When did that change, though? Oh, like we're very was this early. At the on. very beginning, like in the 1960. Yeah. Like when Rush started with a different drummer. Like, yeah, they started. Really? They started. <laughs> well, it was kind of like the Rush thing. I think they had that drummer for a few albums, and then he left. And then the original guitar player died in a pool he drowned in a pool or something and then it kind of so i like two i don't know how many albums I, i'm not a rolling a big rolling stones fan but it was like second somewhere between the second and fifth album they established the lineup that we know today i would have thought keith would have been the first one to go <laughs> nope and wow. yet here we didn't, are <laughs> didn't he fall out of a tree a couple of years back what the hell was he doing in a tree or was it a hammock? Oh, there's something. He was climbing up a tree or something. I think tree. I left my stash up there, governor. <laughs> governor. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's 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 get into this second story here. So um, I, I listened to, there, there's a, I, I listened to too many podcasts as Todd knows. I think, I think, I, I don't know if Rob knows, but I listened to way too much content. I'm finding out. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> Uh, I just I, I follow you guys Twitter feed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm always promoting. You guys are regularly. Hey, you should look at this. Yeah. And that's all me. Todd. Todd has Sean's a Sean's a multimedia whore. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I am. I don't. Uh, I think I I started an account. I I can't remember now if it was Twitter or no. It's Twitter. It's called called Todd Geek, and then you're Todd, Is that the yeah yeah? And I, I tag you on stuff. I don't even remember if I know my password. <laughs> I think I, I posted one thing just defending what uh, what Corey had said. Oh, and uh, someone was blasted him, so I say, "Hey, hey, hey! You know, this was just a podcast, buddy. It, it wasn't, you know, yeah. he wasn't going after me, you know, uh, personally. This was just kind of a, a thing." So, <laughs> and Sean, then since then, I don't think I've been on. I did find uh, from the New York Times, <laughs> but it was an AP story. April 30th, 2006, Sydney, Australia, April 29th, Keith Richards, the seemingly indestructible guitarist for the Rolling Stones, fell out of a palm tree while vacationing in Fiji and was hospitalized in New Zealand with a mild concussion, local news reports said. So there you go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Mr. Richards, 62. This is in nine. This is in 2006. Mr. <laughs> Richards, 62, was injured earlier this week and flown to New Zealand Hospital for treatment. Frank Curtis, a spokeswoman for the band, said in a statement on Saturday. 
There you go. I, I, I needed to scratch that itch. We always I suspect there'll be a couple folks out there going, well, fuck, now I want to know more about that. <laughs> now you know. We always thought he was out of his tree, but uh, yeah, that proves it right there. Yeah. Are you, are, are you out of coconuts? <laughs> Hold on. I'll go take a look. Hey, Sean Geek here. Uh, we went really long with Rob. We had so much fun. We lost track of time. We had two stories we wanted to cover. And we're just going to cover that second story in a part two to our episode with Rob. See you next time.